0: Hi everybody, welcome to Disrupt Davao Podcast. My name is Regina Evangelista and this is Season 2. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Disrupt Davao Podcast. Today we have an entrepreneur, restaurant owner, poker player and Davao's one-stop chef. And I should say, I think we go way back. I remember ordering cupcakes from her when I organized a meetup event before. I think, I believe it was Kitty, Kitty Cupcakes. And now we order her savory and delicious lasagna and her signature fried salted egg, garlic crabs, and shrimp, and tray, and all that good stuff. So yeah, help me please welcome your one-stop chef, Margaret Lapuz, popularly known as Chef Garrett. Hey, Chef Garrett, welcome to the show. Hi, Mr. Edge. How's everyone? We're all good, all good. How are you? I've been great, Um, thank God. <laughs> I, know <it's, laughs> yeah. I know it's been uh, such difficult times, but I think that's one yeah, of the reasons why... Yeah, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to invite you here because you have a very mm-hmm. interesting entrepreneurship journey and I want to shed light to that journey with you. Um, I think to start off, maybe if you can just give us a little bit of introduction for those of our listeners who, you know, don't know you and don't know about Chef Garrett or brief background of your journey to what you are now?
1: Well, first of all, I want to say hi to everyone and I want to thank you, Mr. Edge, for doing this with me. It's, it's really an opportunity actually this is the first time because i really started from the bottom and i couldn't i i wouldn't say that i'm already on top right now but things are looking pretty well right now and that's why i said earlier that thank god because um everybody i know everyone all the classes in the community experience the pandemic the hard way and i'm here right now to shed positivity well to start i just want to Introduce myself. I, again, I'm Garrett. My real name really is Margaret, but that's why I use Chef Garrett because I like to be called Garrett more. I was born in Takorong City, but I was raised basically here in Davao already. So uh, my family transferred here when I was young. I was age seven b- back then. I learned a lot of, um, compared to like the very provincial or rural life in our hometown. I've adjusted a lot here in the city. So um, I started young, cooking. I started cooking really young. I learned from my mom. And um, that's where I really learned the love for food and eventually learned to cook. The business right now, Chef Garrett, didn't really start until uh, late, um, late 2019. That's when I lost my first Um, venture. Uh, I don't know if um, you've been there, but I used to have a restaurant in MPS, um, 1990 Kitchen. It's a 90s-inspired bar. I wouldn't say unlucky because I've learned a lot. But sadly, I have to let go of it earlier than I wish I could have, or I I, I really hope I I don't have to. But um, lessons learned. Uh, I started really, really early doing the business, I say lack of experience back then. But the silver lining of that is that
0: it gave birth to this chef guy mm-hmm. at the online page. So that, that's really where it started. So can you share more about that experience with 1990 Bar? I was there. Um, I think my brother, mm-hmm. my brother and I went there. And it, it's a cool setup like i you know the, the cuz we're a 90s from the 90s generation so we can relate and appreciate that whole thing and the food the food is great too but can you can mm-hmm. you go through your whole thought process Cause it's going to be hard cuz i know and i've seen and i witnessed you built it you're very hands on mm-hmm. you're very vocal about your journey with the 1990 bar and you know how you set up you're also very vocal about sharing your experiences with your teammates you're also very vocal about closing it as well and all all that lessons that you've learned about it and i've i've been following that journey with you props to you for also you know being courageous in cl- one opening it and two closing it as well i mean can you share more about your thought process like when did you say okay It's not working because you quit fast too, and then you move on Mm -hmm. to the next. And a lot of people, Mm -hmm. I I think that's one of the things I admire because a lot of people can't do that, you know. And and I wanted to, you know, know your thought process behind that.
1: So um, it's a bittersweet story, actually. But I think um, the decision to open was also a rush decision. I process everything like a concept in like a last few months the wow. menu like less than a month so um, from the beginning I-, I wouldn't say that it's doomed to fail or you know I, I, w- I don't want to look it that way because <laughs> you know mm. I really would like to be positive a- as much as I can but being there and encountering everything from the ground what it taught me is to be realistic so that's when I decided to close it earlier we've been having struggles in the middle of the year because the 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 business climate i wouldn't say on that area no but um the business climate in general at that time was not that friendly to bars you know with with the city implementing stricter rules and like the liquor ban earlier liquor ban right and um business really just couldn't keep Keep up, and then I tried to re- like reconceptualize, and maybe um, I reopen it or like restructure everything. Mm-hmm. But that would also entail like costs, and at that time, really we're really like draining already, like yeah. financially. The good thing there is. I was able to avoid loans. So whatever we put up or whatever funds we pulled to that business was all organic, like savings of my partner and, you mm. know, uh, like my savings also from poker. Um, a mo- there was a time that I was really tempted to. To go to a bank and loan loan money, like to recapitalize and you know yeah. push it. But then I don't know, like something or someone whispered in my ear, like it's a, a really a phrase we use as poker players that quit while you're ahead. So my my logic there was I w- was just to cut the losses earlier than later it's really like a hard decision at that time because i was in love with that business like you said you you saw my post about it my team my it's like for an entire year i was there every day i didn't take a day off and i was happy doing that so that's really where the heartache came from but i really thought about it And I said, if it's really difficult right now, and it's really giving me a hard time doing this, maybe there's a reason why. And maybe I should let it go, then compose myself again, then I'll come back stronger and uh, maybe there's another opportunity waiting for me. So that's really the mindset there. My thought process really during that time was to just cut the losses to a minimum and to avoid adding up more. So yeah. when we ended the business and la- yeah, I publicized it because I wanted, I don't want to stay in denial. I, was, mm. I, was, I, I just want it like done and um, move on. Uh, that's yeah. always my mindset,
0: and I think what I what I love with what you said: "Quit while you're ahead." You closed before the pandemic started, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. We closed um right after the Kadaya one week, of
0: 2019, I think,
1: around early yeah. September. We closed.
0: Yeah, and it could have it could have been worse, right? So you you actually had an intuition, right? You actually. This, so the, the one that whispered to you or whatever that was or that a light bulb moment that was really yeah. good <laughs> like an angel
1: like really when when pan- the pandemic happened and you know it's really a sad news it's really sad news that I have to see my new because I have lots of friends in the industry Mm-hmm. And I can see them really struggling and really having a hard time making that decision because I know how scary it is. Um, especially during the pandemic when you don't know what will happen next, you don't know what to yeah. expect. Their business for sure was hanging by a thread. And you know, um for business owners like me, your initial, like your gut feeling will tell you that I I really want to save this, but how? The how is mm-hmm. the how part is really the difficult one. So that's why when the pandemic happened, there was actually an afterthought between me and my partner that we said, Oh my gosh, good thing we closed earlier. Because if um, it happened to be in the pandemic, we have lots of obligations to face. Like, um, as always, my concern is my staff and my teammates. You know, it's really difficult to lose like a a source of living. Really, like there's an angel that whispered to my ear, (laughs) just quit now it'll be tougher later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now that we, you know, we're past the closing of 1990, how did you conceptualize Chef Garrett? Did you not think of opening a new physical restaurant? Because right now it's all online. Is it because of the, yeah. you know, did the pandemic added to, you know, contributed to that idea? Was the plan really to stay online, or did you really have another idea?
1: Um, it really started when I. Because just a week after the close down of 1990, I met up with my accountant. So he told me the, the options that I have if I close down the business, you know, all the legal, like yeah. the documentation, everything, with the bureau and all that. I have to declare closure and I have to pay uh, some of the money. Still, if you close down a business, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to talk bad about the, the government or what. Wow. But um, that's ironic really that... um. When you close something, you really have to pay, actually, if you have to pay, So, eventually, Mm -hmm. he gave me the option to ask for a, I think there's an extension of six months, wherein I could reconceptualize. His option actually was to change the business from Resto Bar to something else. So it was okay. like a quick decision that i have to make back then so he told me well, what do you think will it be i said um right now i don't have the funds to um reopen or i couldn't find a location or i couldn't do everything in a rush yeah. i have to think fast so i said oh i have um can i do like a catering service like maybe just a home-based catering service and yes yeah, you can do that um can you give me a name and i <laughs> I couldn't think of a name. Of all my I don't I know. Is it because of the heartache from the the closing down of the business or what? But I can still remember we were having coffee and I just said, "Um, just name it. Okay, just name it under me. That's Garrett, And I just blurted it out. My thought actually was, my mom used to have this quaint like little little pizza house in our hometown, and she named it Margaret's Pizza way okay. way back like the nineties. And she used to tell me, you know, your name is so lucky, so I'll use your name. Mm. So that's awesome. I thought at that moment, okay, just use my name. But I don't like Margaret so much. So I said, okay, um, Sarai, please, um, just use Chef Garrett. And I don't even have like the, you know, the tail on the name, like <laughs> Chef Garrett, catering service. I just told him, just use Chef Garrett. So right after that, I, I just launched a page without really. Without the intention of like making it big or or anything. I just like, I just put it out there. And then um, during that time, I can remember my friends were really helping me out. It was really one of my darkest times Mm -hmm. during that close down. So they're helping me out, thinking of ways I could earn. They are helping me to like get gigs and rackets, as we call it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if I can mention the brand, but there's a household brand in the Philippines that approached me and okay. asked me if I could do a collab with them. So, I went out and then we set up a bazaar using the Chef Garrett and then that's where really it started. So, um, so just slowly I'm putting myself out there again and that's 2019 and then from time to time I'll get orders for lasagna for um, my pork adobo just the simple dishes that I cook. Yeah. Um, it's really wasn't this, like, the chef Garrett now. So I was just really contented um, during that time that there's something I look forward to, like, catering orders. It's not even daily, I like, cater weekly or during the weekend because I'm um, taking my time back then to, like, rethink thing and um to gain back my focus. So that's really where Chef Garrett started.
0: And with, with the food that you offer with Chef Garrett, mm-hmm. is it is it really customizable? So if the cu- if customers want this certain food and you know how to cook it, you'll cook it or do you have a certain set of menu? I've seen the I've seen the new menu for the new year, but I, I've mm-hmm. also seen other clients, you know, request special dishes from you. It is so mm-hmm. is that really the whole concept also with a catering mm-hmm. business yeah
1: actually this is all containers. Okay, um, when the pandemic started I just transferred to a new apartment and I have very limited kitchen tools that time so I said oh and I have a very blank, I can rem- remember, I really have a, a very blank page. Like, it looks so dull. <laughs> but the time specific, the usual startup page that you'll see. So I said, I need a tagline. The initial thought was a food genie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my boyfriend would tell me, are you sure you can do that? That's, <laughs> uh, the, you know, that's. That's something you have to to really put up with. Um, are you sure you can do that? So I said, I think I can do that. I for sure they understand it. Of course, there's limitations, but I think I wanna do that. So that's when the one stop chef start came into mind. That's what my tagline is now. It started during the pandemic, the one stop chef, because actually that time I couldn't really think of like a concrete menu to like post. Mm. so i said um why not let's ask the clients like what do they want and i'll cook it for them nice. if i can and as much as i want to i cater every everyone and um, every request of course every time a client approaches me i tell them it's subject for availability especially with the ingredient i also put disclaimers up there of course i'm not super shocked like uh, you know <laughs> the limitation to my skills I tell them that but the concept really was I want them to feel that they have their own chef I want to exceed the, the expectation of like coming in their, yeah. their restaurant and it, I want them to feel they have their own chef that can do things or food the way they want it how they want it that's really where the concept came from eventually more and more clients do that they approach me like um chef I have this party can you do this can you do that And from there, I fit everything to their needs, their wants. And I posted, you know, this automated message that um, when you message my page, you'll be asked, are you having a party? May I know for how many packs? May I know your restrictions, food restrictions, and may I know the top three dishes that you want? So when I receive their message, I already have an idea what not to
0: serve, and what they want. That's quite interesting. So, Mm -hmm. Gar, how did you you experience running a restaurant and then you're now experiencing running an online business? What's Mm -hmm. the difference? I mean, what's the advantages and then what's the disadvantages of the two? And I think a follow-up question is, if you could go back, if you were to choose, are you going to stick with this online home-based setup or is the really the dream is to go back have a restaurant again?
1: Okay, that's really a good one. <laughs> and I've been having thoughts about it. It's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> um, to compare a restaurant versus this online, I also call it like online restaurant, the difference really is the structure. So mm-hmm. I'll try to explain it um, from not to avoiding the culinary terms, okay? <laughs> but when you're running a restaurant, you have to have a stricter system with the inventory, the stocking. Right. And the, when I said that, I mean the coming in and out of the food, these are going to house the menu. And you also have to be careful not to overstock and, you know, all that stuff. And when running this one, I could just maintain a low inventory and Mm -hmm. just get items when clients order it i think that's where that's the reason why i like this setup now than having a restaurant because it boosts my creativity and also it lessens the pressure so when you have a restaurant you're forced to open like on a set of days with a set time, like a time frame, like if you open like 9 to um, 10 p.m., you have to make sure that um, on those times you'll be productive, yeah. you'll be profitable. Unlike running um, a home commissary or like an online restaurant, you can relax more when you don't have like a set <laughs> of days that you're required to open or like uh, you're, you're not um, anxious um, when customers come in. So yeah. you can manage more, you can manage it more relaxed than having it the restaurant setting. I think that's the key difference. Um, it's more relaxed this way but i'm not saying that it's more easier because mm-hmm. um right now um it's actually trying starting to like, resemble a restaurant setting already here in my home so wow. um the good thing is we we already have that experience before my team right now is my team back then so we already know each other and we already know the system so right now what we did was adapt the old system improve improvise Improved it, developed it, and then we applied it to this new setting. Wow. That's what we did right now.
0: Mm-hmm. What What I took from that is that the online business gives you th- the the business wise, it's cost effective for you. The the cost uh, is lower, and managing it is is easier. But what I love about mm-hmm. that is. Your creativity, because I can see you cook different food on your page, and you share it, and also on your personal account, and and you share your journey with food and your team. You mentioned your team here, and I want to know how are they? I know pag ng nineteen ninety, um, you know, it was really hard, mahirap talaga yon. So, kumusta How are they?
1: Oh oh, matagal talaga ako get over, no, no, parang, oh my gosh. Like I said, grabe, mas, mas pressured ako na knowing na mawala ng trabaho yung mga staff ko. True. And actually, gabe, kaya ako super thankful to them because after what happened, they even offered na kahit walang sapod, they'd help me find a new location and all. And um, kahit uh-huh. nga trabaho na sila, they'd reach out na, no, Mom. Mom Pag magbalik ka, kunin mo kami agad ulit. Basta, uli <laughs> mga hanap ako na, kunin mo kami agad ulit. So, the girl release for 2020 was mabuo ko ulit yung 1990 team ko. So, I have three of them right now with me. And hopefully, yung iba din, mabigyan ko. But, um, every once in a while, um, pag may, so, pag like, um, if we are understaffed, they'd show up tawagan ka naman sila niya okay, come here tulungan mo and they actually go again and nung christmas and really like a battlefield this <laughs> christmas oh, like wow. one staff from 1990 i messaged him para mga 1 a.m na because, wow. I it 24 na 24 na hindi not yung, mga tao, yung mga down payment for that for
0: the new year, <laughs> wow. ako. but it, it, it's nice way to see, bana. Sometimes, because they have a misconception of pag ay, mm-hmm. pag owner, parang you can't really yeah. be have that relationship with with the owner. Because of course, you know, may parang may linya ka nga You cannot cross, because you know, people will abuse yeah. you or people will treat you mm-hmm. as a friend and not as a boss. But I think you've mm-hmm. handled it. Very pretty well. Now, for them to just really drop everything and just really wanted to help you.
1: I think with that, Mister Edge, um, I don't um, think of the line as um, it abused me or what. Because in the past, I've also been an employee, so I know the feeling of um, you know having a boss, having someone um, to look up to. Yeah, and. Um, Sadly, for some of my experiences, having someone to boss me around. <laughs> so I've, I've combined my experiences in the past and i picked on the good ones and picked out of the bad ones. And I personalized it to the way I want it if I was an employee again. What would I like to have with a mm-hmm. boss? But uh, I really don't tell them that, that, you know, I'm your boss. I'm this and that. So, really, I think um, my thoughts on that that um, when you earn the trust of your employee or your teammate, like that's the com- that's the word that I'm comfortable with. Um, it's where really they you can see them um, like rise up mm. like when they trust. When they trust you enough that um you know um when they go in they they trust you now you'll not leave them yeah hanging or you'll not leave them with all the obligations and that's where really you can see that you know everyone I think um not just this team that I have I think it's a possibility to everyone or to everybody that um when you have that trust built um trust built relationship with your boss or your uh, what's the term your lead your team yeah. leader um you really see them like be more productive and um the thing about our our relationship in Chef Gareth, that i entrusted them with the roles I think they are already trained mm. and whenever they encounter things that they're under trained I make sure that I'm there so that um you know they know that um my role is not to like boss them around but to help them learn the things I know so that they could help me more because um you know um, I don't I don't want to talk bad about anyone or you know but it's really like a stereotype now when when you're in the kitchen industry that when you have a head chef or executive chef around that they'll be like bossy or they'll be like grumpy house know, <laughs> like,
0: kitchen like the
1: house kitchen <laughs> but you know I think the kitchen it's hot enough already to have yeah. um, something like that. So that's why I want to make it more fun for them. Like when they go in, I, I go into work, I want them to feel that they're happy to do that. So I think yeah. and I'm confident that they're happy with me and um, also they're happy with the team and they're happy with their work. And from time to time, I want their creativity to shine. So um, I have one employee who actually told me that, mom, um actually I can compare you to my other bosses in the past because with you we can talk whatever we can mm-hmm. talk about whatever is on our mind. Like and you um you ask us for suggestions because, you know, I want to have a team that everybody's capable. Yeah, and uh, not just me because I think um, that would be much more easier actually for me when my teammates are all capable. And like I said, you know what? You don't have to worry about um, that I'm your boss or I'm your your leader. That you just have to do this. You have to settle with this. Actually, if there's any consolation, I want to tell you that um there's a chance that you could be better than I am, mm. I'd appreciate that more because that means you're really learning and that means um, in the future, I, I know I can depend on you. So yeah, I think that's really the gist of our relationship here in Shafgaria.
0: That's nice. I mean, you're, you are lucky to have your team and your team is lucky to have you. And I guess um, it's not, it may not be the perfect relationship You know, but I guess that that's what makes it worth it, you know, to have that healthy working relationship with your team. But now that we're talking personal, I want to know, and I'm curious, what are your favorite dishes? What's your barang food food favorite? Okay, so um, actually, as a
1: foodie, I have a lot of favorites. (laughs) But um, like I said, I learned from my mom because she used to be a cook also in Europe way back. So whenever she comes home in, in the Philippines, mm. she would cook for us like dishes she learned there or the like the hometown dishes in Pakorong because Pakorong City actually in Southern Mindanao, Everybody almost everybody's Ilongo. So mm-hmm. I'd say my taste profile is more of the Ilongo flavor. So I really love local food and to say that I like can see that's the ha- that's like the the house yeah. specialty before 1990, yeah. So I like the beef dishes and like, I really like the, you know, the savory ones and the rich flavors of the Ilonggo dishes. So I say my favorites mostly are local Ilonggo dishes. Yeah, but also, since I learned from my mom, the the dish that I really liked growing up was the lasagna. So mm-hmm. I think I made a post about that, that the yeah. lasagna now in Chef was my mom's, yes. So that's it. Um I nice. think lasagna and or local Ilonggo dishes. That's my
0: favorite. Now that I'm curious, because in, in this podcast, we support, of course, we support local, especially the restaurants mm-hmm. or the, the food industry in Davao. What is your top three food restaurant or food places in Davao? I mean, as a chef or as someone who has mm-hmm. great experience with food. I always
1: post that I support also other restaurants. My top three would, my top one, Yeah. I start from the first one. So my top one is Benito. Um, ah. It's like, you, I, you know the place? No, actually, West
0: I'm... I'm okay. Yeah, we should actually try that. Yeah, that's my that's
1: my first favorite. Then the second one is bulka chong.
0: Yes. <laughs> I like
1: the, I really like, you know beef. Um I like beef but I like it rich. So I really like bulka chong. And then the third one growing up, my Lolo would always take me there is Lu skinny but I'm not sure if they're still open. Yeah, we tried but, Luz, yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. So I actually for I like, Like most of my friends would say, Um, you're a chef, so um you'd you'd like this, you'd like that, but actually (laughs) I really have a very simple palate. I like foods that are simple but very delicious. I can appreciate that more. I like um really I think most of my favorites uh, the those that I mentioned are local dishes, you know, like very Filipino
0: dishes. Yeah. Very, very dabao also. I think my next question is where do you get this support system from where do you get this strength Gar because I know in your journey you are up and down left and right bent in different places and I'm just curious where is this strength coming from and it's harder because in this pandemic and because of quarantine measures we can't really go out and see our family and see our friends so I'm just curious where do you get all these strength from and do you have, um, you know, your chef friends? Do you have a group, or do you have an association where you guys actually get together and just really talked about how, you know, how hard life is at the moment?
1: Um, actually, I don't know of any, but um, for those chefs that I've known in the past, like I've been acquainted with, we have remained connected even after all this. Mm, so once nice. in a while. I get a good support from them whenever I have like um, pumps in the way. I call them like they're always one call away. And what's really good about um, the food industry um, is that we really don't mind the competition because mm-hmm. um, after all, like I said, it's always my mindset that I don't much of the competition I don't think of my my colleagues in the other chefs as competitors because after all you really can't feed everyone you cannot like monopolize the scene yeah. and you know just get all, all of that, I'll get your food from me. So we've been really supportive of each other. So I special mention to Chef Pollard, Chef Choi of the Good Food. They're, they are really those who I, can, who I can really like call. They're just one call away always. And I chat them around kitchen questions and they'd answer. And then we'd share suppliers. But I think there's a page called um, support local mm. and the other one, I really can't remember the name, but it's about food. I think it's deliver na, deliver okay. na, Davao. and then everyone there is very supportive. So okay. when you, I, I think that helps that. Yeah. When the pandemic happened, um, these pages emerge, and then they try to like grasp everyone and come. Um, we'll come together. We'll help each other. So if you can observe the feel or the vibe right now in social media with all the groups and pages that they try to support everyone. So I'm actually practicing that one once a week. I'd order from a certain page or a new Mm -hmm. restaurant or a new like a new foodie. I add. I make sure I try the food and support other um, local businesses like yeah. my ma- like mine because um, I know the struggle. I know how everyone is striving, and I think um, if there's a silver lining on all this, that we've learned to like really help each other more, especially in the food industry. Because good thing that you know food is considered an essential. Mm-hmm. So. Um, although the tourism industry was hit, yeah. at least the food industry is still thriving. So I want the support that I'm getting. I want to give it back as much as I can. So that's why I really try to order to other food businesses every now and then. Nice.
0: So Gar, what are the top lessons that you learned that other restaurant owners can actually resonate with you or also learn from you?
1: Mm-hmm. To be honest... Um, up until now it's still a process of like learning and relearning every day but I think the concrete advice there's something I'd like to say to them I just want them to not quit just to mm. continue um, trying you know right now I'm not sure if it's Ma who said it, that um, right now, business owners um, are really struggling. But the goal really now is not to profit from the business, but to right. revive the business, to keep it alive. So I think, I don't know if it's the right term, but try to unload the baggage. I know it's very, it's very concerning that we're, mm. we're not really getting that much of a, a traffic or the traffic or for restaurants, there, there's no food traffic like before. But we'll get through this for sure. I just want them to really hang in there and just try to do as much as you can every day. But no matter what, just don't quit. Because when you stop, that's when your business stops also. Because as business owners, we are the heart of our business. So when we stop, it stops. So that's really my Mm. Like that's what I want to tell them just continue no matter how hard no matter how slow but just continue like take baby steps try to relax your mind and just never quit
0: nice so, so speaking of you know never quitting and you know keep going we want to know how we can keep ordering from chef <laughs> Garrett you know how do how do we find you do you have any promotions coming up okay so right now it's all online and um,
1: i'm actually looking forward to like setting up a bigger commissary mm-hmm. um hopefully um the expansion will be possible within two- 2021 but for now it's all online so just um Message me on the page, That's Garrett, the single R, single T, no E at the end. Send me a message. I usually reply because I handle it all by myself right now. So I usually reply within the span of an hour. Right now, we're having the Take Me Out Tonight Valentine's special. It's too early, but you know, <laughs> just to put it out there. It's a steak, off steak platter. So they'll have... Huh? The the steak and all the side dishes and um, truffle pasta and a liquor cake. It's like a chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. So I have that in both um, for two or for more. So I have two packages and I'll be catering 20 slots only for February 14th. And I'll be posting the 2021 menu soon. So I'm just finishing up with uh, the layout and I hope I could finish that one soon so I could have it out there. But since I, I also take orders, whatever you want orders, you can yeah. just send me a message, whatever you like. Hopefully I can cook it. I think that's it. Nice. And this is, yeah,
0: this is on Facebook, right? Yes, only on Facebook for now.
1: Sometimes um, I get actually all uh, messages on my Instagram page. Also Chef Gaya. So yeah, you can also message me on there. Okay. And nice. um, I'll try to rest and more on Instagram but I'm really
0: more of a Facebook person yeah so we'll actually post the links together in the show notes uh, so everyone you can just go to the podcast and the, in the description there there's the show notes to link to Chef Garrett's page so you can send a message, especially availing their February menu. So I guess, yeah, that's it. Chef Garrett, thank you so much for your time, your insight, your transparency. I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey. I know it is hard and it's you know, it's continued to get hard, especially for other friends in the food industry. So your story will definitely help them. Your lessons learned will definitely help them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you also, Mr. It was really fun doing this. You know, I'm so grateful that you approached me to do this because you know, it
0: it warms the heart to be able to share something that could help or could possibly help someone. So, thank you for doing this with me. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Disrupt Davao Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share this podcast and the business we feature with a friend. And if you really love what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, rate, and review the show. That really helps us get the best guests and improve the podcast so we are serving you a show that you want to hear. Stay safe, stay healthy wherever you are, and I'll see you around.